Welcome to the Guiding Light on Route 66. This is your host, Father Richard Vega, and with me is my co-host, Jamie Gutierrez. Hello, everybody. How are you? Doing good. Good. Can you believe we're already on the first week of Lent and it's almost over? I'm already thinking March. I'm, I don't even... I'm like, oh, this month, this month, and everyone keeps on correcting me that we're still in February. I'm like, but are we really... We're, we're a week ahead of time. You know, one of the things we talked about the last time <laughs> mm-hmm. we were together was the whole question of what are we going to do for Lent? Yes. And uh, so how are you doing? Because most people, this is like New Year's resolutions. Everybody starts off like on Ash Wednesday. Yes, Lord, I'm going to do this. And, yeah. And then today is like, well, maybe I need to kind of modify. I keep on forgetting. I'm not going to lie. Like my morning prayer, I keep on forgetting that I'm, I think I have to put my phone somewhere further away because mm-hmm. I reach for it. Definitely. So. Oh, in the morning? Mm-hmm. Oh. I've told myself that for Lent, I don't, I want to like first start in prayer and um, thank God for at least three things mm-hmm. in my life. And I keep on forgetting. So I'm like, oh, dang, like I'm in the middle of like checking emails or whatever. Well, why don't you put your phone be. in your bathroom or someplace away? Well, I'm not in my bathroom because my bathroom is different. It's, but I mean, I, I, I should put it, there's a dresser drawer in front of my bed. So maybe I might put it there. Because um, I, I, like I tend to, um, um, what do you call it? Charge my phone at night. Yeah. So same. is it far? Is it? Does it's it, literally right next to my bedside table. Oh. So I should put it where my dresser drawer is at. Oh, okay. Um, and that would actually help me fall asleep faster. To be honest with you, too. So maybe I should start doing that. Well, I think you know. I think everyone is still trying to adjust what they were going to make their resolutions for Lent. Oh yeah, yeah, so. definitely. No. Kind of a, here's a question. Uh-huh. So what's the whole purpose of Lent? When you think about what Lent is about, what do you think it's about? What's your general thoughts? Okay, so you might raise an eyebrow or two. <laughs> um, so there was one time somebody that explained to me that Lent is um, like, it, they use analogy. I'm all about analogies. If you don't know me by now with analogies, I'm all about them. But um, like a goldfish. So... Huh? The little goldfishes that you um, at the carnival? see at, at the carnival. They're like 10 cent goldfishes, right? Well, before they were 10 cents. I don't know how much I was going to say, when's the last time you went to a carnival? Um, but if you notice, those goldfishes are um, in that little baggie. If you put them in a tiny little tank, they'll stay tiny forever. But if you put them in a koi pond, have you ever seen a goldfish in a koi pond? Yeah. How big are they? They're, They're like huge. huge. Um, and it's this concept of like, when you put that goldfish in a bigger tank, how does it react? It freaks out. It will swim around, but it would like it freaks out because it's just a bigger space. Um, but it eventually adapts and it grows to a, a, a decent size depending on the tank that it's in. Now a koi pond is much bigger, so it grows even larger because it has a space for it. Mm-hmm. It will probably freak out at first when you put it in the koi pond, but it will grow. Um, and the concept of Lent is the same where we're uncomfortable with the changes that we're making, whether we're adding prayer, whether we're um, t- fasting, whether we're doing something that is allowing a piece of us to die within ourselves, which will make us freak out, change our routine, 
but we, eventually we will adapt to this new sense of self that allows us to grow in our faith. Now, what if I were to tell you that I'm a goldfish in real no, life? <laughs> that the original purpose of Lent was to prepare those that were unbaptized for baptism. What? Yeah. The six weeks of Lent, mm-hmm. were, which is the 40 days, right. was or is supposed to be a time of preparation for our catechumens mm-hmm. to be ready for baptism. It's right. their spiritual preparation for that. And that mm-hmm. we, as an assembly, are there to journey with them mm-hmm. and at the same time to recall our own baptism right. and become more Christ-like. Right. Now, remember one of the things we talked about uh, last week was the fact that, so what are you going to keep doing after the 40 days? Yeah. Were you going to keep that habit or were you going to go back to, yo-ho, yo-ho, another Bye. beer for me? Yeah, exactly. Allowing yourself to... Revert back to what the behavior exactly. before. Yeah. See, the whole thing of, of Lent mm-hmm. is really about Christian initiation mm-hmm. and the new life we have in Christ. So on the first Sunday of Lent, mm-hmm. we normally have what's called the rite of sending at the mm-hmm. parish level and the rite of election. So the rite of sending is that the community says these individuals we would recommend based on their behavior. Mm-hmm on their way of life, that they are now ready for sacraments. And so we ask for the testimony. We ask for the testimony of the godparents Mm -hmm. and other members of the community. Depending on how many you have, sometimes it's, you know, you can open it up to everybody and sometimes yes or no questions. Make Mm -hmm. it easy. Then from there, they are sent to the archbishop or to the bishop of the diocese Right. And the bishop says, in God's name, we choose you for sacraments at the Easter season or at, at, at the Paschal Vigil. Right. So the six weeks become a spiritual preparation for them. And it's known as the period of purification and illumination. And the one thing that you may remember mm-hmm. is all of a sudden the readings for the Sunday are not the B-cycle readings, which we're experiencing now, but the a cycle readings and in particular the first sunday of lent is always about the temptation of christ in the desert right second sunday is always about the transfiguration mm-hmm. when you have catech or elect preparing mm-hmm. for sacraments so the first or the third sunday of lent is the woman at the well mm-hmm. then the fourth is the man born blind the fifth is the raising of Lazarus. Then we come to Palm Sunday. So all of, and at the same time, on the third, fourth, and fifth Sundays of Lent, accompanying those readings are what's called the scrutinies. And so this kind of, it's a spiritual retreat for our elect that they might look at their relationship to God and say, how am I going to respond to this? So is that what we see during Mass when, um, for example, they go up with their sponsor and then you say, receive this cross on your eyelids and then they bless no. their eyelids, their well, mouth. and That's okay. You're, you're, you're way back. So okay. that's called the rite of acceptance. Uh-huh. That's when they make their first public proclamation that they want to embrace the gospel. Oh, okay. And then that's when they receive the Bible? Yes. Uh-huh. That's their first encounter with the word of God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So jump ahead. 
18 months, 24 months, depending on the thing. Yeah. And now the community says, we have seen that their way of life has changed. Mm -hmm. They have a relationship with the Lord Mm -hmm. and they're becoming models or give example of the Paschal mystery. They're their own dying and rising. Mm -hmm. And they now associate with us and try to live our life. And so once we see those elements, then we say, you are ready for sacramental life. Now, it's a process and it's right. a journey, but it's not to say done. Because on, so we get them ready so that on Holy Saturday, they will receive the sacraments of baptism, which makes them a child of God. Mm-hmm. Confirmation, which gives a mission as a child of God. Right. And Eucharist, which gives them a pattern of how to continue living their life. It gives them the tools. The, yes. The Catholic tools. The Catholic tools, yes. And these sacraments are an experience? Yes, very like, much an experience. Yeah. Because they experience the dying and rising. Mm-hmm. So everything that they have been doing, being inconvenienced, mm-hmm. being charitable, sharing with others the good news, mm-hmm. now when they go into the water, they experience that death to sin but they're rising up to new life. Mm. And then they're anointed with the oil of chrism and are reminded that their job, or they are now to build up the church, mm-hmm. participate in the Paschal Mystery, mm-hmm. and be active members of the church. Right. And then we give them the Eucharist that says, this is the food you need to continue to continue living your life. So they receive all these tools through this process of RCIA, right? right. Christian initiation, Christi- yeah. Christian initiation to, one, they meet Christ. Oh, well, they, they've already they met meet Christ. Christ. They met Christ right before. No, no, no. That's how they how they got into the rite of acceptance. Because uh-huh. Christ was already at work in their lives. Okay. And they wanted to, to kind of say, so mm-hmm. what's happening to me? Why do I feel this call to the Catholic Church? So Christ has already been working in their lives. So the process is more of fostering that relationship with Christ? Fostering the relationship and learning what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Okay. Okay, that's interesting. And then for us who sits in the assembly, Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be like a primer that says, oh, this is what my life is supposed to be about. Yeah. I'm supposed to be thirsting for Christ. I'm supposed to be looking for Christ. That which is dead in me, I need Christ to once again breathe into me his new life so that I might be restored to what I was given on the day of my baptism. I have to admit that when that was my favorite part at Easter Vigil is to see not so much the baby. Babies are so cute when they get baptized. That's a whole other ballgame. But to see an elderly person get baptized is really... Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. What do you mean by an elderly person? Something beyond 15? Something older (laughs) than me. (laughs) Uh, No, but um, having them choose to be uh, or seek to be baptized. um, And then seeing the reaction on their faces. I was always... I'm I'm, I'm easily... Um, move to tears. Um, but I would be weeping because of the fact um, that it was just so um, 
the look on their face was i mean you can't really explain it, it it's there's there's this sense of joy relief um i mean it's just everything on one but it really truly shows you the beauty of baptism in that moment Be- oh yeah i mean it, it, it for many of the elect this is a culminating moment oh yeah I mean, it's for, and again, everyone thinks, oh, this was like a year. Uh-huh. No, for some people, it's been a number of years. And yeah, some of them, it comes with a heavy price. Like some, I remember mm-hmm. one guy uh, that we baptized, mm-hmm. uh, he told his coworkers that he was going to be baptized. And, and then, they were like, why or what? No, no. Then they said, they said, oh, and what religion? They said, Catholic. Oh, that's not a real religion. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they said, that's not a real religion. He goes, what do you mean it's not a real religion? And so he had to explain to mm-hmm. them that following Christ is a real religion. And yeah. Catholicism is a real religion. Yeah. Oh, oh no. It, it, some of these, and now some, their family members disown. Oh, yeah. Because they are other faith dimensions. And all of a sudden to come to the Catholic faith, oh. And others are very happy that they have found faith. And are moving in in a in a relationship with God, mm-hmm. or as they say, the, the Lord is now walking with them. Or they teach. Have you found um, experiences where, yes, the family is Catholic. This this elect is now, sh- you know, getting baptized and receiving their sacraments, and then the family is realizing that they had no clue what these sacraments. They already received it themselves, but they had no clue what they in- those sacraments. Yeah, I would say that many of them still have like what I would say the like a stunted development and understanding of sacraments. Mm -hmm. They just know that they got baptized. They belong to the Catholic Church. No idea about Paschal Mystery. No idea about charity. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, as we would say, least of all, that somehow their whole life is to be transformed. Uh And and for many, this is like, well, once this is over, we, we go back to our like our life. Because like, you've been asking me to come to meetings. You've been asking me to do this. Right. That all goes, is going to stop, right? Right. You know, we're done. And, and, and for some reason, there's this I graduated. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. They think this is a graduation ceremony. Uh-huh. Rather than recognizing this is just, I, I tell the, the, the families, uh-huh. I said, when the baby is born, do you all go, oh, thank God, that's over. I go, that's what it means to be a parent. That's uh-huh. what it means to be in this life. So it's hard for them to realize that this goes on beyond Easter. Oh, yeah. When they find out there's 50 more days, they're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think the same thing happens to us. Oh, yeah. We think that everything ends on Easter Sunday and we're done. And, and they lose sight of the fact that no, that whatever habit, whatever practice you we did, continue. you want to try and continue so that every year you... um become more christ-like yeah um and i don't know if you ever heard of the name saint gregory of nyssa i have but i don't know, know too much yeah anyway saint gregory of nyssa was one of our eastern church fathers okay and he, he wrote a book called glory to glory mm-hmm. or a phrase he's best known as the glory to glory and in it he speaks about the fact that when you and i are born we are like a mirror that's been tainted by sin and so that mirror is uh, fogged up. Mm-hmm. And so as we begin to live our lives in baptism and our thing, we cut and keep bringing greater clarity to the mirror. Mm-hmm. And the clarity doesn't stop until 
we stand in the presence of God at death. When we open our eyes, we will see God and God will see us as himself. It will be look, like move, looking into a mirror and seeing himself. Mm. And, and, so, and so Lent is really about that becoming more Christ-like, about remor- removing deformity or the malformation or the sinfulness that blocks people from seeing God in us. Because we are supposed to reveal him, manifest him, make him known to others by our words right. and by our actions. And so part of the Lenten season is, when have we not done that? Is it my speech? Is it my work? You know, is it my actions? Mm-hmm. Is it my lack of inattentiveness? Or is it because I'm involved in what some people call the hyperactivity? Oh, yeah. You know, so uh, I need to look at my cell phone every moment of the day. I, I need to wake up with my cell phone. I need to go to bed with my right. cell phone. And and so there, these things kind of, um, what would you call it? Like they magnify this stuff. So this seems overwhelming. Right. And yet what we need to do is stay, scale it back. Chip away little Chip by away. little. Yeah, exactly. And so look at more and more as to what our life is about. And, and where do we see the reality of Christ? Right. So like you said, you wake up in the morning mm-hmm. and the first thing you do is grab your phone. Right. So the thing with the challenge would be, so how do you stop that behavior? How do you fast from that? How do you... Putting the phone further. Yeah. Because I'm too lazy to like reach further. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you get out of the bed? Then? Well, well, let's face it. You don't get up before 10 o'clock. I actually do. <laughs> Is <Father>. this you? <laughs> I wake up at 7.40 and I'm, I'm out of sorry, bed what? by 8.15. 8.30. Latest. Is this the new Jamie or what? I think so. This past... It's it's been like I I never put it as a New Year's resolution, but um because I was trying to do it beforehand and I was actually getting really good at it, um but I don't believe you should start your day before seven. What at seven, eight o'clock is a decent hour, um to wake up, but to fully be like awake and doing things and getting out of your house, um. I, I would shoot for nine, but that's why I wake up at eight because I'm one that like enjoys. Obviously, you're never going to be a farmer. Oh, no. Heck no. <laughs> Heck no. Like when I think my sister um, works for a school district and so she, her day, she's at work by 745 and I'm like, I, I mean, eventually you force yourself to do it, but how do you function? I, I have to get myself to do that. Eventually I will. But it's babysitting. Chipping te- away. I won't gradually. tell you what time I used to get no. up at. No, I don't want to know. <laughs> I think that even the hour you get up, up right now is kind of ridiculous. But where I support you, and <laughs> you know, we could agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> but but okay, we'll, 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 we'll stay there. But but you know, so so when mm-hmm. you look at the Lenten season, right. You re- we really need to see it as a preparation for baptism mm-hmm. and sacramental life, as well as an opportunity for us to renew ourselves in the baptismal life that right. we are called to. Reflecting Christ. Exactly. And showing Christ to the rest of the world. Yeah. Through our actions. Yeah. 
and well, in particular through prayer, fasting, and, and almsgiving. almsgiving. Yeah, absolutely. I, I must admit, I don't like the word in Spanish. Almsgiving. Yeah, me neither. Because it, it tends to give the idea that you take whatever's left in your pocket of pennies or nickels and the change. It's what the change, and you, that's what you give to the church or yeah. to the Lord. Yeah, and that's the thing is that a lot of people always. Uh, there's a lot of people that I have talked to in the past that they're they always are like the church is all about money. When yes, the church does rely on its community. It, it could only go as far as the community allows it to go. To be honest with you. Um, but well, I think people don't realize that whatever is given to us financially yeah. is meant to be spread for the poor. Exactly. And exactly. I don't know that. I, they I lose think that concept. They lose that concept because everyone thinks, well, it's like, well, how do you think this building keeps running? And and how do, when a family calls us because they're in need of rent assistance, where do you think those funds come from? Yeah. You know, it doesn't go back into the church's pocket. The church literally goes out and spreads it to all little tiny nooks and crannies. Yeah. If we don't have anyone to supply the food bank, we have to be able to supply the food bank. Yeah. Well, that's uh -huh. why I think, I think like, for example, when people will say, give up their Starbucks routine uh -huh. right. or choose not to eat on uh, Friday by going out to dinner. Right. For some reason, people think that that money just goes back into their pockets. Mm -hmm. And the money that you would have for spent... For future vacation. For future vacation. <laughs> but the money that you spent on your um, star, uh, or, um, yeah, your Starbucks mm -hmm. or on your dinner, that would be money that you would give to the poor. And so on Holy Thursday, we always have that special collection. Right. So it goes either to St. Vincent de Paul. Well, they split it. St. Vincent de Paul and right. our food bank. And I, I don't think that people see the connection, that mm -hmm. that is the goal of all of this. Yeah. So that, that, that spirit of generosity, that spirit of giving is for the for the neighbor. Yeah. And I, and I think we, we sometimes forget that. Oh, piece. yeah, absolutely. Especially in our area. Um, for St. Francis of Rome specifically, we have a, a large homeless population that oh, we it's, do it's come. it's been growing. And it's growing. And so it's... Those little pieces in it, um, the pandemic has brought a lot of families to hardship that we've been able to, thank God, help um, throughout the process. But um, yeah, the, the, the church is hurting because they're trying to help all of these little areas. And, and so almsgiving as Christians is, is much more than, oh, the church just needs money. No, the church is trying to help. Respond those, to the poor. To respond to the poor. Um, and it's it's kind of like the main hub. Yeah. 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 But I but I think sometimes I I sometimes get the impression from people, and I could be wrong, mm -hmm. but that it's like, well, I saved this week thirty five dollars mm -hmm. by not buying my extra mm -hmm. Starbucks or by going to buy my right. my latte coffee or whatever mm -hmm. or my espresso uh, thin fat or whatever. I don't know what mm -hmm. you guys I can never figure out what you guys the order. latte the non fat lattes the cold brews the, yeah the cold all brews of the goodness. So, so I think that that is something mm -hmm. that we sometimes miss. So, so for so many people, and, and I try to encourage people, choose something that you're going to be able to keep beyond Easter Sunday. Yeah. That that really needs to be the core of what's going on. And start with almsgiving with something you're passionate about. I think that that's a big thing. If you're passionate about babies, look into a pro-life center. Mm -hmm. If you're passionate about And we have two here. Homeless. We have the Guadalupe Center, mm -hmm. and we also have our own, you know, 
So that would yeah. be helpful. So it's like you you need to find where it comes out because instead of saying, okay, this is the money that I'm setting aside because I have to, as opposed to this is the money that I want that I'm setting aside because I want to. Yeah. There's there's two different. If in the Catholic Church, well, one of the one of the podcasts we'll have to do is about tithing. Yeah. Because Catholics are terrible at tithing. Oh yeah, I could tell you. Well, firsthand. we think that it's a dollar. Yeah. Imagine when you tell some people. Can I have an hours of your an hours worth of your salary? Oh, not after deductions. Yeah, but before you're gross. Mm-hmm. Some of our Protestant brothers and sisters that is there. That's membership in the church. Well, yeah. Or, um, I I won't disclose too much because it, it is a tax office. But we would have people that would make um a decent amount of money. And they would end up owing every year because, you know, taxes and everything like that. And so they were like, how can, can I not lower, my tax. lower my taxes so I don't owe? We're like, well, you could donate to any foundation. It could be non-denominational. It could be denominational, whatever you choose. And so they would come back with these receipts of their donation of $30. What? And it's like, that doesn't even make a dent into what you actually make if you were realistic with it you know would are you being honest mm. with the blessings that you have received and giving back to wherever you would like to give back to yeah. that's why yeah. i find it hard i think of all of the um pr- practices mm-hmm. we all have difficulty with the almsgiving one mm-hmm. i just think that we're very stingy we expect mm-hmm. God to be very generous with us. Oh, yeah. But we tend to be very miserly with God. Yeah. And especially with the neighbor. Because mm-hmm. we think, well, you don't deserve that. Yeah. If I can't have it, why should you? Exactly. And I think there's that pressure because I think when I was in college and I was not making anything <laughs> really, um, I would feel bad because I'm like, oh, as a Catholic, I'm supposed to be tithing. I'm supposed to be. But... um you give what you can give, you know, and but being honest with that. Um, I wasn't able to give for many years uh, economically, but um, it was, uh, you know what, I'll not clock in and I'll work for a little bit. Now, that was back then, Father. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and, and I'll, I'll, you know, volunteer my my resources, resources that I could give. Um, and it wasn't just for the church. It was, I've done archdiocesan-based things that it, it's all volunteer based on some parts. And so that's, I, I recognize my gift, gifts and talents. How can I use those to be able to help yeah. my the rest of the world? Well, that is the key piece. Mm-hmm. We want to make a difference. We want to be an right. impact. And we want to be passionate about what it is that we do. So, you know, as we look at this Lenten season, really let it be an opportunity for all of us to recapture our identity as God's mm-hmm. children, to recognize that baptism calls us to be, um, oh, before I forget. So this year we're going to baptize two people oh. on Holy Saturday. Interesting. So uh, this is the smallest group we've ever had here at the parish. Yeah. And, and more than, uh, and the primary reason is because um, we're, uh, if you pardon the expression, we're taking care of the leftovers from last year. Yeah. So two of our our, can, our our elect have been elect for almost a full year, if you can believe that. That's insane. And so they're going to receive the sacraments on Holy Saturday. 
And so one is a young girl. Uh, mm-hmm. The doctor highly discouraged the family from participating in the sacramental life because of the baptism and the oils and the whole thing. Right. And then the other is a young man. His uh, his sponsor got caught in Latin America and was not allowed to leave the country nor enter ours. Oh, no. And so now she, she's here and the doctor has given, you know, the okay. Yeah. So, so it'll be interesting because it is going to be much more impactful with just two people. Oh, yeah. I remember back in the day we would have a list, like a 15-person. Oh, yeah. You know. And then you'd have like the baby brother or sister of of a sibling who was also going to be baptized. Oh, yeah. This is going to be very, very different. I mean, with Mr. Munoz, I laugh because it's like, this could be very short comparison to. The three-hour-long Easter (laughs) vigil, which I was all about. I would, you know, park myself in a a pew and (laughs) just get ready. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So, and, we, and I must admit, I still don't know what it's going to look like. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we got to wait and see. Hopefully, the numbers will continue to go down. Uh-huh. I, I know we, we, we hope to use the baptismal font at least as a place to stand. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we, uh, luckily, ours has a drain so the water can go down. But we're not really quite sure how that's all going to happen. Right. But um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to welcoming and giving birth to new Christians and at the same time renewing my own call to what it means to be a child of God. Because yeah. as a priest, that's the part I love the most, is welcoming people to the Christian community on Holy Saturday. And that is, it's one of the most beautiful sights. But as we continue, and as we prepare with them, um, all of us other community members, Christians, um, we journey with you guys. We journey with you in this. And that's the key piece. We journey. It's an active mm-hmm. involvement. We don't sit there passively. Yeah. Let me tell you, I've never been to a baseball game, basketball game, football game where those people sit there pa- passively exactly. watching the game. Exactly. We get into it. We yell at the TV. We yell at the quarterback. We yell exactly. at the receiver. We yell, yell at the defense. We yell, we yell at our, our our family member that is distracting us from the game so we could watch the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. We do know what active participation is, even if you're not Correct. one of the players. And that's what we hope. So I'm, I'm hoping that people will look at our vigil celebration uh, via uh, our live transmission. Mm-hmm. But recognize that the Lenten season is about giving birth to new Christians. And at the same time, reminding ourselves of who you and I are called to be, the living Christ in word and in, in deed. And that is our challenge. That. Love that. Well, with that, with that, I I think our our time together has come to a close. It has. It's, it has. It's lunchtime. It's lunchtime. <laughs> so anyway, um, don't forget we are uh, open and mm-hmm. we are celebrating mass inside. Correct. And we are doing social distancing. Yes. So that brings us to about two hundred and fifty. At most, yes. At max. most, max. Um, there's some masses that do fill up before that because of the fact that um, it depends on ha- family on fa- on the families, and it depends on how many people come in sitting um, individually. Um, so, at most, we could fit 250 if it was just families of three sitting together. Of course, it just depends on. Um, yeah. The social distancing. And we are using factor. the nave 
the Blessed Sacrament Chapel and the choir loft. Correct. And um, these past Sundays have been awesome, uh, filled. Um, we ha- did turn on, if we do get up to capacity, we turn on the speaker on the side of the church um, where you could also actively participate in the celebration and we will bring communion to you. Um, but according to guidelines, we have to make sure we respect um, the social the distancing. social distancing factor. But we will not deny you the ability to celebrate Mass with us if the doors have to be closed due to capacity reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining us on The Guiding Light on Route 66. Mm-hmm. Look forward to, hear, to hearing from us next week. Follow us on social media. Yes. Tune into our live stream on YouTube, SFR Church Azusa. And we're also on Facebook. Yes. Don't forget our Instagram. Yes, uh, SFR Church. And Aspire. Mm-hmm. Aspire, we have young adults meeting on Sundays via Zoom at 2 p.m. And you could find all of that information on our SFR page and our Aspire SFR Instagram page. So, Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, good meeting with you again. We look forward to nice gathering you. again in a week. Take care. Take care. This episode of The Guiding Light on Route 66 was recorded in Azusa, California and produced by SFR Media Productions. Music for the intro and outro was used with permission from Epidemic Sound. For music like this and more, please visit epidemicsound.com. For more information about this podcast, please visit www.sfrchurch.org.